Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hat smiley face. Was I supposed to say that? Yeah. Or was I supposed to act that out? Well, hello and welcome to the China Shop, everybody. Come on in, come on in. Doors are wide open. You know, we let everybody into the shop, be they man, beast, or machine. We don't discriminate. I'm shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? Doing good. Excited for today's episode. Ooh, yeah. It's going to be a great one. Going to be great. So come on in. Sit back. Relax. Rage against the hedge machine. We'd love to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here to smash our way into a complete set of fine China, sharing those ever-growing strategies for trying to maximize gains and cutting losses. <laughs> Try. Yeah, keyword. <laughs> keyword. Try. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if, you, if you're new to the shop and stock trading in general, uh, you can always check out our knowledge center on financialineptitude.com or give one of our beginning trading episodes a listen. You probably shouldn't start here, but nobody's going to come uh, come roughy up if you do, so you can keep listening. No one's going to take away your podcasting apps if you do. <laughs> we don't have that technology or power yet. Yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But the best place uh, we think to be is our definitely our Discord server. Kyle and I are on there every day. It's really just an awesome place to be. It's a great time. And when you do join that server, make sure you send us your uh, home address in a private message or an email, and we'll send you a smash-it-yourself mug or shot glass straight from the shop. We're just so glad you're here. Kyle? Yeah? We got any show news? Oh, yes. Lots of show news, actually. Ooh. Uh, As mentioned, uh, I'll be out of town next week, so we'll have a guest host uh, that is confirmed. Mm. Um, Are we recording our Fifty Shades of Consequence this week? Uh, Yeah, we have to. Get it over with. Have you finished your book? I haven't finished it, but I have been reading the piece of trash (laughs) fucking fanfic. (laughs) I don't know how this got published. I do not know how this got published, Kyle. I uh, I've read worse books. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I've read way worse. There's this one, but I can't even remember the. I'll have to go find it for the when we do that show because I do want to talk about some of the worst ones I've read. <laughs> the writing was so terrible. The character development was so bad that I like I bought it on an air at an airport to read on an airplane, and I'd preferred to sit in silence rather than finish that book. <laughs> That's how bad that was. <laughs> Alright, uh, yeah, okay, so so that should be coming out probably Wednesday, I think is what we're going to shoot for, so that way we can meet our August deadline. Yeah. Uh, we got month-end review with George on the 31st. Uh, the guys from the BaCast have invited themselves to uh, to guest on our show, so Ooh. we'll be uh, recording that one. I think we'll be recording it Wednesday, but it probably won't air until the 8th. Okay, okay. Um, on the 15th, we'll have Shahir Abrams. And then we're in the process of scheduling Dr. Adams, the CEO of VenturePoint. Oh. Uh, we're really looking forward to, to that. Took a lot of persistence, but we finally got another CEO. I'm, I'm, I'm loving that. I'm loving that. The, the fact that we can pretend to be journalists and get to talk to CEOs has been really, I really love, fun. <laughs> I love the guys on StockTwits who do all the, uh, the, the hard questions for us. Yes. Shout out. <laughs> you guys are awesome. <laughs> MH5555 and Serendipity. You guys are amazing. Yes. Uh, unofficial uh, question researchers for the shop, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so uh, finally starting to get a, a full schedule here. I know we've been kind of hit or miss lately with our guests. It's starting to pick back up, it looks like. Yay! Yay, more work. <laughs> Sounds like we've got a lot of guests coming up. Uh, what was our What was our last Twitter poll? Uh, oh yeah, we asked uh, if Google justified Google is justified in cutting the pay of remote workers. Eighty three point three percent came in with no, and sixteen point seven percent were heartless bastards. <laughs> oh, I mean, they said yes. They said yes. <laughs> oh, oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think these uh, these Twitter polls help us out in any way? 
They they meaningful? Uh, I don't know. They're fun for us, but I don't know. I don't think they're driving engagement or anything like that, like they're supposed to do. Mm. Mm. I don't know. Should we should we ask Twitter that? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a great Twitter poll. That sounds like Are to the me. Twitter polls helping us drive engagement? <laughs> <laughs> Are are Twitter polls worthwhile? Yes, they help drive engagement. No, they're useless, and most people scroll past them anyway. Um, No, it should be yes, retweet if you agree. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, like if you don't agree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, I like that. Let's do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, there you have it. Got a new Twitter poll going up this week. Keep your eye out for that. That's that's what's coming up, but today we've got a fumbling, flippant, fantastic episode for you. Lots of market-moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than bad writing in a Fifty Shades of Grey novel. Mm. No? Mm. Um, more run-on sentences than For Whom the Bell Tolls. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I also hated that book. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Couple, couple options jokes. I guess uh, we can move on. <laughs> uh, and re- reach out to us, folks. We we love your messages, comments on Twitter and Facebook, on Discord. Uh, if you're old school, you can email us the number two bulls at financialneptitude.com. That's two bulls at financialneptitude.com. Or you can give us a phone call, 725-22-BULLS. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made, or maybe your truffle pig has been stolen and you've got to go back into the big city for the first time in 15 years to hunt your truffle pig down because you're crazy Nick Cage, giving an awesome performance. (laughs) Maybe you were selected at birth to be a soldier and groomed from, uh, from the baby. But on your 39th birthday, genetically engineered super soldiers replaced you. Mm. Mm. And then you were dumped on a junk planet and had to help the uh, the refugees survive. Uh, I, I I feel like that's a Star Wars reference. No. No. That is no. Kurt Russell's soldier. Oh, shit. I don't think I saw that one. Guess what just got added to HBO Max? <laughs> <laughs> well, the way you described it, now I want to see it. It was really good. Very little talking, like a proper 80s action movie. Oh, yeah. Except it was actually filmed in the, it's the 90s. Either the 90s or 2000. Really exciting stuff, isn't it, folks? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking uh, of uh, the phone line, is anybody. Uh, Do we get the caller number nine yet? We have not gotten a caller number nine okay. yet. No. <laughs> I didn't think so. Nope. <laughs> we are on caller number four. <laughs> um. <laughs> We do have, uh, and one other thing that I think we should mention, I'm pretty sure this is our one-year anniversary. Oh, my God. One year of doing this show. How fast has that gone? God damn. So fast. Now, we have removed some of our early episodes because of audio quality being so poor. And us. Well, and yeah. And, and <laughs> not just the audio, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> they were just not very good. They're, they're just bad episodes. Uh, but, you know, we'll have, uh, we're, we're getting putting together an archive for the website so you can laugh at how bad they were. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, what are we doing to celebrate one year? Fifty Shades uh, of Grey? So I put together, <laughs> no, God, no. I put together a just kind of mashup of all the different spoofs that you put together for us. Mm. So I think we should play that. And I think if anybody can guess the actual name of the songs that we parodied, I feel, I feel like they should get a prize. And I think that prize should be that you'll write them either a song for their ringtone or oh, or maybe we can do a shout out for them or send them a little gift basket of coffee mugs and shot glasses or I don't know. What do you think? I, I like the ones where you do the work, and uh, I don't like the ones where I do the work. Are you saying that my contributions to the parody songs are not appreciated or substantial in any way? <laughs> no, no. Your contributions are greatly appreciated. It's just I'm the one that does the music side. and I tried singing one. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, cannot I, I would love to make somebody their own ringtone song. That'd be really awesome. Uh, so... Uh, how how do they win? They they've got to submit to us uh, their uh, to submit to us all the 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 song titles of each of the songs uh, in this mashup of of the songs that are being parodied, like the original yes. titles. Okay, the original titles. Okay, all right. Let me let me play this. Uh. 
Your hair with your two balls Smashing through a china shop We're so glad you joined us And now it's time to talk about stocks Mama, the center of the universe So sit back, we got some market affairs Get some stories for the fools and the bears A little less conversation, a little more options, please Desperate hope or greed, the only thing we need is to make them trades Know when to walk away, those calls are done Never divest with ETFs, you'll be just fine. Reinvest the dividends that you might find. The bulls will shout, bulls are always shouting. You're not that good at this. All right, so there you have it. That's the mashup, kids. Don't everybody submit at the same time. Yep, we'll keep that open as long as it takes. <laughs> <laughs> Fun stuff. Oh, Kyle, I guess we got to talk about the bet. Yeah, who goes first? I honestly, I don't even remember what you picked. I didn't look it up. I, I only did my own. I gained $3, so... Oh, then uh, I'll go first, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Uh, I picked Palantir, PLCR, opened at $24.90. Immediately stopped me out at $24. And then it went up to over 25 and finished the week below 24 So uh, it looks like it was a smart stop point. Smart stop. There you go. Yeah, uh, bet total went from five fifty five oh two down to five thirty one ten. All right, five thirty one ten. That's respectable. It's positive. I'm happy with that. I picked SPXS. It's a triple leveraged bear fund tracking the S and P. And I was really excited when it Thursday because it, it opened the week at twenty one thirty one, and Thursday it was getting pushing twenty two fifty. I was like, yeah, 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 let's get this sucker up to twenty five. But uh, then everybody decided to buy the dip and ended the week at twenty one forty five. So I made a healthy fourteen <laughs> cents a share profit. Brought my bet total from four seventy eight twenty nine up to four hundred eighty one dollars forty three cents. All right. Well, random. Random had Credit Swiss, Credit Seuss, Credit Suisse. Yeah. CS opened the week at ten dollars and thirty cents and closed the week at ten twenty two. Ha! So random's now sitting at four dollars, four hundred and sixty eight dollars and ninety nine cents. Yes, I would rather do a consequence from you than for random because damn. Are you sure? Well, I'm hoping it's another Judy Bloom book to <laughs> cleanse all this no. bad writing out of my brain. There'll be no more books for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some ideas. Uh, all right. Well, you know, you never know. I could uh, could pick a winner. Could, That's true. Could be one of my ideas. Stay tuned to the end of the episode. We'll be making some new bet picks, and you'll find out what wacky, chaotic stock pick I, I try to swing to the fences with. I like it when you have to get crazy. Oh, I don't. But here we are. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's move on to some news. Ooh, time to talk about some news. Well, it's all for the money. Tune to the show. Need a good story so my margin grows. I want you listen to all our news. You might learn some things with the China Shop Market News. Okay, hey Kyle, I hear the feds were talking this week. Uh, I wasn't going to lead off with that. No. Well, what did you want to lead off with? Um, I don't know. What do you want? What do you have? I have uh, a nice little story about Uber and Lyft in California. Ooh, lead off with that. Yeah, let's talk about that one. Uh, if if anybody recalls, the last November elections in California had a proposition number twenty two. Uh, Uber and Lyft spent two hundred million dollars. Uh, putting this proposition together and and pushing it. Wow. Um, and it was to keep their employees being, sorry, keep their drivers uh, independent right, contractors yeah. and not employees because in, in California they had been ruled as employees. Uh, by the way, $200 million is the most spent on a proposition in California. Is that more than Prop 8 got Yeah, the Mormons trying to fight? 
Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, according to this news article, <laughs> they could be wrong. I don't know. I didn't check them. Uh, so apparently, a uh, federal judge has California Superior Court Judge Frank Roche ruled Friday that the law uh, is unconstitutional and uh, illegally limits the power of a future legislator to define app-based drivers as workers subject to workers' compensation law, adding hmm. that the entirety of Proposition 22 is unenforceable. Wow. He Yeah, so he ruled it unconstitutional. Well, that was a waste of money. <laughs> yeah, right? And apparently part of Prop 22 said that it would take seven-eighths of a legisla- of the legislator voting to override it. And he, he also ruled that that was uh, unconstitutional. Oh, you can't. Yeah, that seems a bit ridiculous. And if you want to change this, you need a 100% majority in the legislature. Ha 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 ha! So what does this mean for for the uh, the employees of Uber and Lyft? Well, I I would imagine Uber and Lyft are going to pull out of California. Yeah, that's kind of what I was figuring. <laughs> so if they were to stay there, they'd have to start offering them benefits, and then yeah, would actually be responsible for what their drivers did. Yes. Yeah, they're not going to stay there. Would one of their drivers sexually assault a, a rider? They will be on the hook instead of just being like, sorry, you got in the car with an independent contractor. Right. Doesn't matter that it was through our app. I don't see any way they would continue working there because that's just too much liability for them to take on. Company already doesn't make money. Uh, or maybe they are now. If I haven't checked in a while. But last I looked, they were still losing. Well, I mean, cab companies managed to do it. Yeah, but they charge a shitload. You know, I just took an Uber... <laughs> Six miles, and it cost me over $30 here in Tucson. So they're already at cab prices as far as I'm concerned. Actually, hang on. I'm looking at Uber had their earnings on the 4th, and they actually uh, made money. Whoa. How much? Uh, 58 cents a share. Okay. Now now that they've raised their, their prices to cab, cab fare levels, they're making money. I wonder if that's before or after they burned $200 million on a <laughs> <laughs> terrible proposition. Uh, looking at Lyft, Lyft is not profitable. And yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's a tough spot for them to be in. I, I know a lot of people treat that as like an actual job. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it feels like you're just pulling equity out of your car and then putting it in your pocket. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because I mean, if they were actual employees, then now you're, there's a lot of other things that suddenly go into that, right? You have to do employee reviews. You have to go through an actual hiring process. Mm-hmm. Y- even your car itself, I bet you you probably have to start turning in your, your records. If you're driving a car that uh, hasn't had the brake service in 10 years and getting an accident because of that, well, now Ly- you know, Lyft or Uber is going to be on the hook for that. So now they're going to want you to make sure that you're getting all the, the recommended servicing done. Right. Keeping that as a gig work is the only way that I think that they can actually continue doing it. Otherwise, they're just going to be a taxi company, and it's going to be the exact same thing that we're dealing with with cabs, you know, 10 years down the road. Yeah. Anyway, all right, let's move on. Okay. What what, uh, what big juicy stories you got for us, Kyle? Uh, I've got a couple of them. Uh, let's see here. Melvin Capital finally released their short positions for 2020. Oh, wait. So, wait, is this like a filing? Like they finally filed and... Yes, they're filing that they were supposed to do, I'm trying to see one that obtained permission to delay the disclosure starting in February. This kind of fucked up because uh, I guess basically the reason why they were getting this to delay was because people were targeting their short positions to try to get them to squeeze up. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, that's like one of the things about being short something. Uh, yeah, that's a risk you take. That's the exact risk you take. You don't get to just hide that because people don't like you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> But apparently you do, because, uh, yeah, it's now August, and they're just now finally talking about the stocks that they added at the end of December of last year. Uh, included in that was $324 million worth of shares in Beyond Meat. Really? How did that one work out for them? Those are the put options. I don't think it worked out very well. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like Beyond Meat's been expanding and expanding, like uh, every every article I read about them. Yeah, they, they've not done well. It could have been a lot worse, but, I mean, if you remember, they had to get the billion-dollar investment from... What was that Citadel's uh, Cohen? Yeah. In order to even stay afloat. Yeah, that's right. Like, ah, you bastards. I heard they were taking some of that back, but I couldn't find a story to back that up, so I wasn't going to bring that up. But yeah, uh, um, it just, again, like, all I want in the market is transparency. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that in futures, but that's one of the reasons why I'm starting to gravitate more towards that the more I learn about them. Uh, I also had the Fed minutes. Uh, Apparently, they're looking at tapering this year. Tapering, tapering, that means 
something like it means something important that the stock market doesn't like but because i don't really know enough about it i wasn't really going to talk too much about it oh okay okay. i guess i could just read some of the quotes out here i was gonna make a joke about tapeworms (laughs) just the tape just the tape Uh (laughs) (laughs) no so so it has to do with uh uh currency liquidity and bonds right so if they're tapering, it means the amount of money that the Fed is pushing into the system mm-hmm. is, is they're going it, to it's, it's going to dry up. And because uh, I was listening to what George Papazov was saying. Yeah, I listened to that, too. Yeah. And and, and using bond purchases, it's going to move the bonds uh, to like banks. And so we're going to have less less cash and liquidity around if, if they start tapering. So one of the reasons why he thinks, or George mentioned, that they need to start tapering is because that they're injecting all this capital and liquidity into the economy that only does good if those people are actually spending it, not when they're starting to pad their assets and balance sheets, which is kind of what's going on now and has been going on for a while. Yeah. I think George said that uh, he thought they should have been done in like 2013 or 14. Oh, wow. Or maybe even 2012. Yeah, it's been going on way longer than it should. So maybe... I'll put a link to his video because he can talk about it a lot better than we can. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's much more knowledgeable, especially having worked at yeah, some of these banks. Surprising. Yeah, surprising. <laughs> Go figure. Being a professional trader for 20 years, <laughs> because you pick up a few things here and there. <laughs> yeah, I would suppose a successful trader of 20 years would know a thing or two. I would think. (laughs) Uh, What else you got? Some former Netflix staffers have been charged with insider trading. I saw you post that story. I don't think I got a chance to read it. Tell me about it. I I love these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three former Netflix software engineers uh, over the past few years have made uh, $3 million off of trading Netflix before their earnings calls. So... These guys that work hmm. for Netflix w- had access to the subscriber info and how it went up or down. Okay. And uh, the the main engineer that was doing it would, uh, he'd attain the, the subscriber growth information from two other c- people in the company. And then he would tell his brother and friend, uh, and then they would make big calls or put trades. Does it say how they got caught? Yes. They got caught because the uh, SEC was looking into using data analysis tools to look into suspiciously successful patterns of trading. Ooh. So they got caught because they were only trading Netflix right before earnings. And getting it right every time? And getting it right every time. And so they were like, huh, wonder why they're always right. Uh, God, I don't know, but it feels like you need something more than that to open an investigation. That's kind of scary. If you do too well at trading, the SEC might start looking into you. Well, I'm I'm making some assumptions because I don't know anybody at the SEC and I didn't talk to them. Uh, But I would imagine if you're doing, if you're only trading one stock, you're only trading it before earnings, and for several years, you've just always gotten it right. I do think that's a red flag. Well, I mean, you're supposed to focus on small, or, you know, maybe they just were an expert on uh, Netflix. <laughs> right? It's just a coincidence, your brother's an engineer at the company. I ask him how the company's doing. If he says good, then I'd buy. If he says, eh, it's been a rough month, then I just, then I sell. Well, I, I don't think I need to worry about the SEC look at, looking into me. No, we gotta make money, I think. But yeah. They don't look into people who lose like we do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> This guy's inside of trading. He hasn't made a good trade in months. Let's check that out. Every trade he makes is crap. We need to look into this. <laughs> yeah, they'll charge me with outsider trading. <laughs> right. <laughs> you trade like you think you know something, but you don't, Dan. You really don't. Oh, boy. Well, I don't have another Elon Musk story. Nothing funny popped up this week, unfortunately. Uh, unemployment claims. I was looking at the uh, the claims reaching a new pandemic era low. Uh, initial claims, that is, at 348,000. Still a lot of people without jobs, though. And I did see that there's a shit ton of new jobs posted as of the last report, too. But I, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about just the differences of when you and I moved out versus, like, 
you know, today, 20 years later. Yeah. Like the challenges that people have. Because I have a house in Mississippi that I rent, and I was looking at the fucking prices that I can get for renting that thing, and I don't understand how anybody can live on their own at this point now. Yeah. Wages, between wages and rent, it's just gotten so far out of whack that it's it's insanity. Oh my god, yeah. My first apartment was $600 a month. I was making just over seven fifty an hour, and that was a good job at Walmart, because minimum wage at the time was like five fifteen. I think they just bumped it up, or were getting ready to bump it up to seven and a quarter. And I was able to do that with a roommate, no problem. Uh, once I didn't have a roommate, uh, then I was still able to afford it, but I had to eat at the Walmart deli that I worked at <laughs> in order to afford to live there and still be able to buy beer. <laughs> oh, I remember that. But, you know, I'm looking at uh, uh, my daughter. She's got a job, a good job. She went, got trained <coughs> to be a dental assistant. She makes, you know, about 15 bucks an hour, but I don't see any way that she could afford living on her own. Oh, yeah, with the fucking rent being so high. It's ridiculous. High. We're looking at places in Arizona because that's where she wants to go back to. And I mean, you can find like a studio for like a thousand dollars in like the worst part of town, <laughs> right? It's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, and what what's insane to me is ten years ago, Kyle, I was renting an apartment for six hundred and eighty dollars a month, and they included heating and cooling. Yeah, like I didn't I didn't pay the utility costs for that. Yep, I remember. Yeah, I went and I actually drove by that apartment complex the other day and I was like, huh, how much is that going for? And it's like, it's now 1200 It's doubled in 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, guess what? Pay raises or pays income hasn't doubled. Yeah. My pay has not doubled in the past 10 years. That's for damn sure. No, mine hasn't either. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's a problem. <laughs> the economy, maybe the numbers look like they're improving, but there's a big disconnect between, uh, you know, the top end and the bottom end. Yeah. And I've always been more of a capitalist and Republican in my views, but uh, this is out of control. Right. It's it's not it's not like we can sit down and say it's these specific things that we need to, to fix. But we can sit down and say, look at these specific numbers. We shouldn't be here. However, we got here. Yep. However, we get out. I don't know. But. The fact of the matter is that the, the data shows the cost of rent versus the fucking wages. Like, <laughs> these don't line up anymore. Yeah. Even fucking groceries. God damn, it costs you $200 every time you go to the fucking grocery store. And that's... Oh, God, yeah. Getting out of there under 100 even when you're just shopping for two meals, is ridiculously challenging nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. When I was a kid in the 80s and 90s, my dad being like... Back in the 70s, I made this much money and I could do this with it. You guys, kids just got to work hard. Oh, God damn it, Dan. <laughs> Are we those people now? <laughs> yeah. No, we're, we're, we're saying, like, it doesn't matter how hard you work. You're not going to fucking. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not going to work your way through college anymore. That's yeah. not a thing. I didn't have any loans. Yeah, also, uh, college was, how much does college cost now compared to then? Yeah, exactly. If you look at the average wage that a person makes, and you look at how that's changed over the past 40 years, a single earner could basically pay for everything in a household, all the extras to like the niceties, like the car, the nice TV, the being able to send your kid to college and pay for it yourself, all on one income. Now, two incomes barely covers all those same things. Now, to be fair, there are a lot more things that people are buying. Like most houses nowadays have two cars, mm -hmm. uh, little things like that. But mm -hmm. still, the cost of college, the cost of everything has just gone up and wages have not kept up. Yeah. Healthcare. Healthcare is a huge one. Huge one. And it makes me actually wonder about oil. Uh, I know we've seen it fluctuate, but, you know, I saw gas prices were the same in 2008 as they are now. Right. Um, now, it was a spike at the time, but we, you know, it was, it's just, it's just crazy. Although I guess in the 90s, we were gassing up for under a dollar a gallon. Uh, yeah, and we hit under a dollar a gallon right after the collapse, too, at one point. Yeah. I remember that. Uh, I guess oil subsidized. Mm, I don't know that it is. I just think uh, there's a lot more of it than we initially thought. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of dinosaurs, and they're really big, and they turned into a lot of oil. I think a lot of the oil doesn't even come from dinosaurs. I think a lot of it comes from, like, algae and plant matter. Welcome to the Science Podcast. Kyle oh, and Jesus. Dan. Yeah. <laughs> This is a digression episode. Wages suck and things cost a lot. <laughs> Are right, you got any more news? I think this is getting a little long. I think yeah, I think we can I think we can move on. 
know, Kyle, it's not quite ready. I was hoping that I could get it finished by this episode, but uh, I, I do have a new song in the works. Mm, nice. To, 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 to celebrate the fact that Two Bulls in a China Shop is brought to you by the effervescent, amazing, enigmatic Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender. Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She's got over 20 years of experience helping thousands of people uh, purchase, refinance, even reverse mortgage their homes. Uh, Sue can help. Sue will help. Licensed in 27 states. Reach out. to better help. Yeah, so she better help. <laughs> reach out and see what she could do for you. Best way to reach her is to just give her a call, 520-977-7904. Or you can shoot her an email at spullen at fairwaymc.com. That email is S-P-U-L-L-E-N at fairwaymc.com. That phone number again is 520-977-7904. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number 206048. And if Sue doesn't help, let us know. We'll take care of it. Yeah, we will threaten <laughs> to end her sponsorship with us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, yeah. cut that. Cut that. It's, it's, Kyle, it's free if it's just a threat. Oh, okay. <laughs> Two Bulls at a China Shop is also a proud affiliate of the Trade Pro Academy. Woo! And we're also working on a song for them, too. Oh, yeah. Because uh, it'd be a whole lot easier just to play a couple songs rather than read these things all the time. Trade Pro Academy is an educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs to new and experienced independent traders. Mm-hmm. Translation, trade like a big institution. Yes. Stop trading like retail. Trade like the big boys. Know what you're doing. Yes, that's a good idea when you're trading. That's a good <laughs> idea with anything you do that costs money. <laughs> uh, they got a great staff of highly knowledgeable and successful traders, which we know because we've talked to all of them. Yes. <laughs> Uh, you can find them online at tradeproacademy.com or you can use our affiliate link in the episode description. Uh, using that link is a great way to support the show and improve your own knowledge and skills. Absolutely. I uh, I think I made a couple trades this week. Yeah, I made a couple. It's time to talk about trading? Yeah. Just put those stock tickers on the list. Go through the charts so nothing gets missed. Today's trades, they could all turn to gold. I'm playing stocks till I'm out of the hole. All right. All right, Dan, what'd you do for the week? No, no, you tell me. (laughs) Ah, such professionalism. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I closed out the rest of my Johnson & Johnson uh, 820-175 calls on Monday. I got $2.85 out of them. Could have gotten uh, a little bit more than that, but... There's something coming up on Monday or after at the end of the day. Oh, it was Biden was going to speak on Afghanistan. And mm-hmm. I know how the president can sometimes tank the stock market. Uh, I still have PTSD from the previous four years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I figured I'd just get out of those while I could. Uh, banked a good profit on that. The, it was pretty much going to be profitable no matter what after I sold the previous third. Um, I bought a f- or sold a $40 AMC call at $1.03 on Tuesday, I think that was. I ended up closing it uh, on either Wednesday or Thursday. I don't remember, but I closed it at $0.50. Cents. Turns out I could have just kept it because <laughs> it wasn't getting exercised. <laughs> <laughs> bought a few more uh, BlackBerry 917 calls. I went with a $10 strike this time because they were so cheap. Sixty-six cents. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last trade that I made. This was a really low-risk gamble, but it was definitely a gamble. Some company called PBR, and it's not the beer. Oh, uh, <laughs> it just had an insane amount of options volumes, and I think this was because they're getting ready to do the oil inventory report the next day. So I made a small bet. About uh, twelve-dollar calls that expired nine seventeen at. 10 cents a contract uh just figuring that uh you know if somebody maybe knew something and was taking a big position maybe i can jump in on that uh, it's definitely not working out so far but i mean shut up <laughs> it was cheap it was really cheap well i I, th- I believe pbr is a brazilian oil company yeah that's why i think it was because of that oil inventory report that they're getting ready to that people were jumping in on it like that Mm-hmm. Um, the 20th was also the monthly expiration date for a lot of the options that I had sold. So I had a few called away Palantir and Sonos shares. Uh, the Palantir ones I had to sell at $23 a share and Sonos I had to sell at 35 But I bought Palantir at, I think, an average of 22 or 21 dollars mm-hmm. 
And the Sonos uh, average was like twenty six fifty, so that worked out quite well. Well, especially because you got the premiums for selling the options before you. Well, I also got the premiums for buying the shares too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think you're, you're doing all right. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, I also had to buy shares, more shares of PRPL and uh, Norwegian Cruise Lines. Those were at twenty five dollars a share. So get to sell those uh, come Monday. Try to generate some money to try to sustain me long enough to learn futures. There you go. Because that's where the bulk of my time was spent this past week, but I'll let you go first before we jump into that. Okay, well, I got a lot to go over, Kyle. Yeah, all two of them? Yeah, all two of them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, because I locked into some BlackBerry and AMC, and then, like, I... I lost a string of bets, and and so my uh, my liquid capital has been pretty small. Mm-hmm. But uh, I did I did buy some uh, on on the eighteenth. I bought some BlackBerry ten dollar calls because I can't stop trading BlackBerry. I just keep wanting to buy more and more every time it drops. Right. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's insanity. Stupid following the BAM investors got me hooked like a junkie. I know. Right. It needs to work out here soon, though. Otherwise, I'm gonna have to end it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I bought those at 40 cents and bought them in the morning. And by the afternoon, they were up to like 68 cents. I'm like, shit, I'm a genius. Didn't sell. Didn't didn't follow my own rules, my own advice that I would have given myself. I thought you did take some profit. I asked you if you were going to. Uh, you did. You did. You pointed out on Discord. Uh, and I said, you said, did you take any profit on those BB calls? And I said, no, I almost sold two thirds, but I'm bullish through <laughs> the end of the week. I should have, though. Yeah. So it started to drop. I sold. I bought them at 40. I sold them at 37 cents the next morning because i was i was worried mm. it was just going to keep dropping and dropping and then later in the day i was like this is the bottom and i bought ten dollar fifty cent calls expiring 827 for 23 cents and i still have those okay and i have lost money on them <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but my second trade was a little bit better we we were talking and about setting up the future stuff and i need needed 500 bucks to to open the account so i could start sim trading yeah uh and i was like i'm waiting for this check to come in and you're like yeah you don't have it in your meritrade you just wire it from a meritrade and i was like no i don't well i guess i could sell some amc shares yeah so, um, though, though it felt wrong and hurt, it felt painful because I'd seen AMC up at 50 in the fifties and sixties, I bought these shares at like $13 a share. So yeah. I went ahead and sold a few of them at $34 and then, uh, wired that money over. And then that check came through. And so I put money, right. money back in and I bought those shares back at 33. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> I saved a dollar a share of loss. (laughs) So I've been trying to trade a lot less because things are just kind of getting out of control the last, you know, four weeks or so of trading. Yeah. Something about not having to go to work and uh, having all the time in the world. (laughs) Being a full-time trader? Yeah, it makes you want to just trade everything. And (laughs) can I remember, no, 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 no. Uh, You want them to come to us, right? Yeah. Yeah, let the trade come to you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I've been putting a lot of effort on the futures. Uh, Real quick, though, before I jump into that, I do want to talk about Vail. That was one of the ones that I've been watching for a break up, um, but ended up, you know, crashing and burning. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was looking at it. I posted it on Discord. It's like, ooh, I like this. I want to see if it retests 19 because it fell below that level. Uh, in order, no, maybe it was 20. I want to see if it retested 20, 20. to see it to catch it for a fall to 19. And then I had zoomed in on the chart uh, immediately after that, and I was like, ah, I guess I should have looked at this a little bit more before I posted that because it already did retest 20, just like we I wanted it to. <laughs> When I when I zoomed in it on the hourly and didn't look at the daily, uh, that actually worked out really well. If I had been paying attention to that and not focusing on everything else, I was I could have made a nice run down to I think it closed just above eighteen. Oh yeah, but I still think that has room. I think it just dropped below another support, and I don't think it has another one until seventeen or sixteen. So that veil I think still has more room to keep following. Yeah, but but you were you weren't watching. You did not buy puts when it broke below twenty. It broke with its no support. Oh okay. No, because I was going back and reviewing them at the end of the day and then at that point i'd already missed the move yeah so i didn't want to try and jump back into it at that point it was too cheap to or it would have been too expensive i guess to buy the puts 
I didn't like where the price was at, so I didn't make the trade. And I need to do more of that. I need mm-hmm. to, just because it's moving, if you're not catching it at the entry price you want, it can still, I mean, you could still lose money on a trade that's going the way that you want it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you, yeah, if you miss that entry, that location, location, location. Yep. And that's, that's also uh, one of the reasons why it helps to focus on a smaller basket of stocks so you can yeah, be watching so them. your attention's not spread <laughs> so thin. Exactly. So yeah, I do have a small basket that I'm watching. That's one of the ones I still keep on my watch list, but I'm not watching them nearly as much as I should because I've been focusing so much on trying to learn these futures. And I got to tell you, Dan, I love them. I love what I've been seeing so far. I got my SIM trading going this week. Um, I've been posting the SIM trade uh, statistics um, for the AM. and Your trade stats? Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing an AM session that lasts about an hour, actually, because I just have a profit target that I'm trying to reach. I'm treating the SIM trading like it's real money. Mm-hmm. My goal is to try to make that profitable for four weeks before I actually turn that into to a live account. Right. And I've been profitable three or four sessions so far. I think I was, if it was real money, I've been up about 25% on the week. Ooh. And that's with only have gone through about half of the lessons, like just trading structure. Wow. It trades so much faster and trades so much more honest uh, that I just, I'm, I'm hooked on it. It's because it's so much quicker. I don't have time to get in my own head and talk myself out of making the right decision. I just have to act and do it. And it's so much easier to, because you're, you're operating out of an order book. If you're looking at, well, when you, you just place a click to put your order in, then you just drag your stops up and, and then you can just trail your stops so much easier manually rather than trying to type in a ticket on like TD Ameritrade. It's it's incredible. You're using your mouse to do the trading. Yes. Oh. So I find my level that I want to purchase it at. Once the trade goes through, then I can just click and drag the stop up as it goes up on the chart. Damn. And then just doing that, I mean, it's, uh, it's so much easier. And then the other thing about futures too that, that I really like, and I kind of hinted at when we were talking about the news. Yeah. You can't hide the orders. There's no dark pool. There's no dark pool. Everybody who wants to make a trade on the futures market has to go through the CME, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. Oh, wow. Because of that, there's no hiding anything. If an institution wants to place a big order, you're going to see it on that order book. Wow. Okay. Yes. I love that. It just feels more honest. Speaking of futures, are there any future earnings coming up? Oh, yeah. Huh. We do have to talk about that. My motto's always been when I'm right, it's right. So I'll wait and watch the charts and the change in price. When the movement's mostly finished at the end of the day. And we know the common earnings gonna move it my way. Skyrockets in sight. Earnings call to light. Earnings call to light. All right. On the 23rd, we've got Ubiquity, Riot Blockchain, and Madison Square Garden Entertainment, MSGE. Oh. Did not realize they were public. Damn. How, how's their, <laughs> how are they doing this year? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming their earnings are down the last couple of years. Probably not great if, uh, well, no, because they're starting, well, they're not taking any tickets in, so probably not very good. Uh, On the 24th, we've got Intuit, TurboTax, Nordstrom, JWN, and Best Buy, BBY. 25th, we've got Salesforce, CRM, and Snowflake, S-N-O-W. 26th, we've got Peloton, P-T-O-N. Dell Computers, D-E-L-L, Dollar General, D-G, and Heward Packard Bell, H-P-Q, one of your previous picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the 27th, we've got Big Lots, B-I-G. Okay, Big Lots. I feel like Target had, did well on their earnings. Big Lots may do well on theirs. I also noticed, too, JWN and Nordstrom got a fucking price target decrease. Oh, how bad? But it was like, it was, well, it was, they took it from 12 to 11. Dude, the stock's trading at 35. You're, you're a bit off. <laughs> like, just admit you're wrong and raise it. I'm not wrong. The market's wrong. Yeah. Well, no, the market's a competitive auction. Yeah. If you want to know what the price of something's worth, it, look at the actual quote. It's worth what it last traded at. Right. I ser- I'm starting to think analysts are only there to help institutions. Hey, we need this to go down so we can buy more. Okay. I'll post a, a terrible price target for them. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm actually in agreement with you on that so as i read as we go through and do the show and i read the analyst changing and then you know you learn from the trade pro how their the institutions are trading and it's like wait a minute yeah they want to buy these from retail when it's down and then they want to sell it to them when it's going up you know what else i like about futures 
What's that? <laughs> you don't have to worry about stocks. There's no price target analyst. And no earnings. <laughs> yes. Uh, anything on your momentum list? You know what? I, I did a poor job of keeping track on it. Uh, but I will tell you, Adobe is, ended the week at a, another new high. Like, they're they're just crushing it. They've been on a giant run since May, uh, beginning of June. Johnson & Johnson was running pretty well, too. Yeah, they didn't they didn't hit on, on Friday uh, yet. No, but they were running up uh, pretty much throughout the whole week. I think they had one day where they dropped, but they were right back up there again. They're pushing on 180. Costco hit new highs on Friday. Mm. Cisco, uh, CubeSmart, uh, Infosys on the list again. Kroger, Macy's, uh, Microsoft. Yeah, Macy's crushed their earnings. They got a oh, yeah. real big run up after that. Yeah, yeah. Macy's definitely uh, was, was their earnings. They're, they, they're not on like a steady upward trend. They're, they're chopping around, but, but they are yeah. up high. Uh, which maybe you may be able to look for a nice short play on them uh, by some puts. Uh, Microsoft on the list again, and uh, uh, Waste Management on the list again. Hmm. People are still making a lot of trash. Yeah, they are. Probably making more because they're at home all the time. Yeah, they they are on a kind of incredible run. In March, they were at like 100, 110, and they're up to 152. Oh, wow. Yeah, they've done really well. 50% in four or five months? Not bad at all. They constitute a utility? I think they do. Because it's one of those things that's not going to go away. They might still have room to go. They're in the industrial segment, commercial services, and supplies industry, but I consider trash removal to be a utility. Like, if I'm doing a budget on a new place to live... Yep, that's on there. <laughs> it's on the list. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a list update. I know it's not as extensive as I would have liked to do, and I failed myself and the listener, but uh, there's some juicy names for you to take a look at. Let's move on to crypto and get this thing, uh, get down to the home stretch. Yes. Look at the news. What do you see? The cult of cryptocurrency. I know you're greedy. I know you need. You need that Bitcoin, either NFT. Cult of cryptocurrency. I know I've got a, a, a tasty crypto story that I found entertaining. Yeah? Yeah. I just want to talk about crypto in general. I just noticed it was, I checked it this morning and saw that I was actually up from everything I bought a few months ago, about 15%. Really? Your your whole crypto wallet portfolio? Yep. I know some of that was coins that I picked up, but I, I mean, let's see. If it was with the coins that I got for free through everything that I <laughs> went on there, it's it's up about 25%. Wow. Okay. But yeah, in general, it's actually, I was looking at too, the, I know the fees to purchase were like ridiculous, but uh, it didn't look like there's any fees to transfer them to another one. So I was actually considering all those free coins that I got transferring them all to Ethereum because Ethereum has been doing really well and you and I are pretty bullish on that going forward anyway. Yeah. Where is a, a th- Ethereum at right now? And it's still below 4,000. I think it was about 3,700 this morning. So I don't know. This is tangential to crypto, but uh, OnlyFans plans to ban adult material. Does that have to do with crypto? Because there's a website called OnlyCoins, which uses uh, cryptocurrency instead of dollars. Okay. And they're they're looking to take the place. They're like, oh, well, you can come over here. So (laughs) if everybody, this is this is crazy though. But if everybody who's like into to OnlyFans now has to use crypto to support them, that's Mm -hmm. that's great news for crypto. Which uh, which crypto coins do they use, or do they use them all? Uh, okay, so they're going to use Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, Dogecoin, Litecoin, Monero Dash, Uniswap, and CoinFlex's Flex. Mm. Okay, so they're going to they're going to accept many coins. Okay, dang it, another use case for Ethereum. It's true. It's true. <laughs> and and for, further uh, back, my my actual main story that was that was my tangent story. Oh, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Apparently, Doji makes up made up sixty two percent of cryptocurrency revenue on Robinhood in the second quarter. The trading of it or their holdings? Uh, the the trading of it. Trading. Why do so many people like Dogecoin? Is it just because of Musk? You know what? I I actually think the appeal is is twofold. One, it's the lotto ticket because you can buy so many of them for so cheap. Right. And two, because it's a joke coin, it's it's like thumbing your nose at big finance. Uh, just, uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's the penny stock of crypto, in my opinion. 
I agree. I agree. But it doesn't <laughs> matter what our opinion is. It matters what I the know. market says. And the market is all year has said, no, Dogecoin's real and it's going up. But it's not going up. I mean, I guess it's up in general, but uh, it's definitely on a decline since that run up to under a dollar. Well, what's it trading at now? Like 37 cents? Thir- 30, yeah, 32 cents. When it started, man, it was at 0.0032 cents when I was playing with it. Ah, uh, that's true. Yeah, it's 52-week range, 0.002452. <laughs> I feel like that's your move. That's uh, I feel like that's your move, though. That You did it. Get out. Yeah. Buy Ethereum. Buy Ethereum. <laughs> I don't like Dogecoin, but it's it's apparently really fucking popular to trade on Robinhood. Yeah. That's because Elon Musk talks about it all the time, I would think. Uh, apparently, over 60% of Robinhood's net cumulative funded accounts uh, were trading in crypto during the second quarter. Um, the three months ended June 30th, 2021. It's the first quarter where a larger share of new customers placed their first trade in crypto rather than equities. I, I still want to know, too, who is still getting into Robinhood? Apparently, people. Well, think about it like this. If you're not... If you're not listening to a stock podcast, if you're not following any of that news, do you really know or care what Robinhood's done in the past? If you all you know about Robinhood is they're the easy app to get and get started? I guess not. You know? Yeah. I bet if you know if I went and, and talked to to some random person at a grocery store, I bet they don't know this bullshit Robinhood's done. Yeah, you make a good point. Fucking, they've got a great image. They're Robin Hood, damn it. Ironically. No one started our <laughs> Sheriff of Nottingham tra- trading app. Yeah, we need to get a lot more successful to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, uh, should we slap, slap iron? iron? Ah, <laughs> no, oh, fucking gotcha. nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's do it. Oh, my, honestly, this is going to sound, this might sound funny to you, but I really, it, it, this is very sincere. My good was selling shares of AMC to move into the AMP account. Yeah. I didn't I didn't realize I had a mental block on selling uh those last grip of shares that I've kept. I have a mental block on every position. Yeah. It's real. With but with trading futures, I don't have a chance to get, you know, what is it, attached to what I own and it's all the same thing, so it doesn't really matter. Right? And you end in cash. You end the day in cash. Yes. So there's no like let like oh I I don't know if I should let go of this. Um I believe you and I were were we're talking and and you'd mentioned like well you know you could probably borrow the 500 bucks if you really don't have it and i was like wait i really do have it it's just an amc uh, shares yeah. like duh dan you fucking dumbass just sell a few shares <laughs> not 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 even the majority of my position right just a slice like okay okay <laughs> cut this chunk off and then i bought it right back <laughs> I know. Sorry. So we'll get, what was your good, Kyle? What was your good? I'm guessing uh, just the the future sim trading, getting going on that and treating it like a live account. My 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 goal is to build as many good habits as I can with with this sim trading window that I have. It's a completely new market for me. I'm starting in fresh. Um, I don't have any bad habits yet, and so I'd like to keep it that way. So, but it's a tough balance to play with it too, right? Because you want to keep going and keep learning, but I also don't want to build the habit of sitting there and trying to break even or or not knowing when to walk away, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's why you want to have such a long period of, of success, you know, in that sim account before you go live. So trying to, to treat it just like a live account. So far, I think I've been doing that right. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Uh, yeah, so excited. I can't wait for the real thing, though. <laughs> and that's another issue, though. That's a problem. That might be my bad. <laughs> too excited to get into it oh oh yeah it, you're too you've got too much emotion connected to it well yeah yeah because i think what it, when we learned about set scores and measuring your your emotions mm-hmm. uh being too high and too positive is just as bad as being too low just as risky yeah for sure yep what was your bad oh my bad was uh immediately buying those amc shares back because i i <laughs> yeah, needed I them <laughs> well, you want to have an, a, a full lot if you want to be able to sell, a, you know, call contracts against it. That's that's a, that that was that was my voice telling me to do it. Like, well, you have to get that round hundred, or you can't sell options. You have to have it in round lots. Have you sold any against it? Uh, no. Okay. So your bad is as you're being too emotional. What's uh, what's your ugly? 
Um, I think it's just the beating my account took. <laughs> I, I don't understand how... Well, I, I know I, I actually do understand it now. SPY dumps. My account takes a real beating. The SPY recovers, gets higher than it was before it dumped, and my account is still much lower than it was before. Mm. And that... Now that I've learned about rotation, I understand what's going on. People have sold off all these overvalued things and put it into stuff that's not where it should be. They're, they're balancing their portfolios or rotating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really need to start doing that, too. Ro- rotate? Yeah, I should probably be doing that. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a varied enough varied positions to rotate. <laughs> well, that's my problem, too, then, also, is if I'm not... You're not diversified. I should be balanced. I should be more diversified and balanced in different sectors, but I've got... I think I've got too heavy of a portfolio in growth. Mm. But now that they've already been sold off, I don't want to sell them now. That's the worst time to sell it. Yeah, i got to wait for the next overvaluation period. Right. Could be years. You don't know. Shit. Could be. No, I got time. I, uh... <laughs> I got to say, for me, the ugliest thing I did this week was one of my two trades. I, I just completely bungled. I, I My entry was near perfect on BlackBerry options that morning. Right. Pretty darn close to perfect timing getting in. And then I just didn't get out. I didn't I didn't. I didn't sell and make runners that went to nothing like like mm-hmm. like I thought was my problem. Like you have been doing? Uh, well, uh, the runners turned into nothing, but at least I got that 10% when I sold the brick. I could have. I could have. And I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. I was greedy and I didn't follow my own rules and pop. I mean, I didn't make a, I didn't take a huge loss. I sold, you know, uh, uh, I think I think I took an eight or 9% loss. Okay. Right. Not, not, a, not, not breaking the bank, but, but still it was ugly because I knew better. I knew better and I didn't follow through. It was- it was ugly because you had a chance to be profitable. Yes, and I knew what to do to be profitable, and I knew that I should be doing yep. that. Yeah, and I didn't. Yeah, story of the show. Yeah, story of the show. A year later, <laughs> we're still doing the same thing. A year later. <laughs> now I'm much more informed and doing the same exact thing. Fucking fuck. Still doing the same thing, but at least I know it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe next year we'll stop doing it. <laughs> there you go. All right. It's time for a bet. Ooh, time for a bet. In the center of a universe That's for every one of us Consequence for one of us Make our picks with no regret Every open, every close, every spread is the mighty man Actually, fuck, I have to go first You have to go first so I, uh, I'm gonna. So if you give, give, give two that you debate between, so I know which one I'm gonna pick. Oh, well, I do have two that I was gonna debate between. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's hear them. Trying to decide whether to sh- short Vale or short Marriott. I'm waiting for Trading V to load up so I can look at both the charts. Because <laughs> I think I'm leaning towards Marriott with the way that it kissed back against the support line. Yeah. So I think Marriott's going to be the one. If you look right at that 31, 131.30 area, somewhere in there, uh, there was that uh, that probe. You got that doji from back on the 19th, and then the 20th, that seems to be like the base of where that dip was before. And then if you run all the way back to just prior to earnings on the 18th, that was kind of the top of a range. Looks like we're down below that. So it fell down below that, volume's decreasing, it came back up, it kissed that line. I think I want to short this and hope for... Chance to run, let's see, 125, possibly all the way down to 115. Okay. So, yeah, I think I'm going to short Marriott, and I want a stop loss at, uh, let's say, 133. Oh, if it it starts going up instead? Yeah. Okay. I've got to do something crazy, because I am behind, and I don't think random's going to pass you. Okay, so what I'm going to do, this is going to be probably stupid, uh, especially looking at <laughs> looking at the chart. BlackBerry. I want to do BlackBerry. I want to do AMC. Uh, I, I feel like that's Of course just, you do. But there's, uh, uh, I've also, I started following MicroStrategy Incorporated, MSTR, because mm-hmm. it has huge, like, fucking $40 swings. It's currently at $716 a share. It was, it was like, uh, on August 9th, it was up at 800 and it got all the way down to 640 and now it's back up to yeah. 716 Like, it just, this thing nice. swings. The candles look nice, too. Yeah, yeah. Decreasing volume on that drop, and then volume's picking up on the run-up again. Yeah, yeah, you see in that hourly chart? 
<laughs> seeing that and seeing the higher lows, it's in the middle of an uptrend leg since basically the turnaround point in the 19th. But man, that's expensive. Yeah, I would only be, well, less than a share. It'd be a fractional share. But, you know, if it goes up 15%, it goes up 15%, right? Yeah. Fifteen uh, percent is actually enough. It well puts me in striking range. You'd have to lose. It puts you at five fifty three. No, I wouldn't. That would put you over. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. No, you're. I think you're on the right path with this one. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's try that one. MSTR. Why not? Yeah. Why not? I don't know why I talked you out of it. No stop thinking. loss. Okay. What's random? Uh, you need some numbers here. Yep. Odd or even. Odd. Uh, okay. And one through twelve. Number nine. VOD. Vodafone. VOD. They are a slow mover. Communications wireless. Bottomed out at 15.50 not too long ago, back in July. Looks like it's regained its, uh, was that 50 day, or 20 day moving average? It's in that nice little cloud. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's looking kind of bullish right now. It's kind of ranging between 17 and 16.70. Yeah, hmm, I might, I might buy some of that. Yeah, it had a big turnaround uh, after the drop, the COVID drop in 2020, but it was it was bearish all the way up to then. But yeah, it looks like it really found its long term bottom at eleven dollars. Yep, and it's been it's been stepping since then. Okay, there you have it. I've got MSTR. Random's got VOD. VOD. And Kyle is shorting the VIX. Short Marriott. Oh, Marriott. Marriott. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. Hey, you don't know. Shorting the VIX might be a really good move this week. It might be, but I'm not going to gamble on that. <laughs> Actually, that is probably a really good move. <laughs> not this week. I don't want to do that this week. All right, folks. There you have it. We've uh, we've reached the, the end of the episode. We got to kick your asses all out of here. Close up shop and go downtown and see what's happening under the bridge. You got a friend? I don't think you should be hanging out with people under bridges. <laughs> <laughs> it's where I drew some blood. I could oh, not God. get enough. Anyway, all right, <laughs> folks. Uh, we, we hope you've had a good time. Uh, as always, thank you for being here. Reach out to us. Let us know if you got any questions. Like, share, subscribe. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Until then, happy trades. Bye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.